0: Um, great. So we're going to enter into the next part of our worship together. I'm going to invite you to be seated. Today we have something really interesting for you. We have my friend Zeuss and my new friend Loyanne. They're joining us and they're going to share something that they've been working on for a number of years. I'm going to let them kind of explain what that is. But before they get rolling, let's read the scripture together. After a long time, the king of Egypt died... The Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Out of the slavery, their cry for help rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked upon the Israelites, and God took notice of them. This is the very word of God. Um, all right. You do a roll? Yes. All right.
1: Well, it's good to be with you. Um, I've had the pleasure of playing here with Adam on occasion. Um, but one of the other things that I do uh, when I'm not in churches like this uh, is I teach a songwriting class in the women's prison in Raleigh. Um, so just over on South State Street, not very far from here probably, uh, is the women's unit for the area. And so uh, Loyanne and I are here today bringing you some songs that were written in uh, that prison Um, to kind of, Adam called me up because y'all are in the middle of your Songs of Freedom series, and I think that the question of how you write Songs of Freedom when you're sitting in a prison is uh, interesting and inspiring and something that we'd like to share with you. So this first song is called He Wore Three Crosses, and it's by a woman named Rebecca Small. She wrote it about her son who actually died in prison during the same time that she was incarcerated.
2: He wore three crosses that he had made in jail. He wore them so proudly. dressed him in white and gold when we sent him home to you to match the streets of heaven oh what a lovely view he loved you so much it showed on his face I'm so glad my son has claimed
1: Thanks very much. Um, So one of the reasons why I wanted to start with that song uh, was because I think that Rebecca and her son picked up something that we forget about quite a bit. Uh, You might have on your wall at home a cross hanging somewhere, um, or you might have a piece of jewelry that has a cross on it, but it probably only has one cross. And I think what uh, this young man discovered when he was sitting in prison was that there were three right there were three that Jesus died between two criminals as a criminal and what kind of hope what kind of good news that is not just for somebody not just for a young man dying in a prison cell but what good news that is for all of us that that cross that cross doesn't stand alone and so I think that if that is our symbol as Christians if that is the, the thing that identifies us to one another, if that is the thing that we put on our bodies or on our wall, then questions of, uh, of criminal justice, right, of our carceral system, those are things that should be very, very important to us as Christians because it is at the center, the death of our God is at the center of uh, our belief in life. And so that is kind of where the songwriting class, Sing a New Song, uh, finds itself. This idea that uh, these women in prison in Raleigh might have something for us, might have something to share with us about, about the view that they have of the cross, that it, is, that it is flanked by contradictions, and that it is difficult, and that it is something that we have to, to think a little bit deeper about. Um, my first song of freedom that I wrote when I was uh, at the women's prison uh, is this next one that we're going to sing. Oh, you actually have some pictures for you first. Sorry, I totally forgot. So I wanted to show you uh, a couple of pictures. The class that Loyan was in um, was three years ago now. And so we actually have a lot of women from the class who have gotten out, which is exciting and are living free uh, in Raleigh in particular. And so I just wanted to introduce you to Luverda Gilchrist and Veronica Rackley. Um, And of course, you'll recognize Loyan over here. Uh, This was at the Religious Coalition for a Nonviolent Durham's uh, Homecoming, which it was a celebration for folks who have been incarcerated, who have come home to their community in Durham. And it kind of a way for the religious community to say, we welcome you back. We're so glad to have you back. We're so glad to have you home. Uh, the next photo is of the team that went to the State of Things uh, to share a little bit about what we've been doing and some of the songs that we've been writing. And uh, I wanted to bring that partly because it was our first time on the radio, and we were pretty excited about that. But also that, uh, you know, this is not just something that we can think about in terms of religion. Like, this isn't just a concern because we are Christians. Uh, this is something that affects all people. Like, you, if you are not directly uh, connected to somebody who is or has been incarcerated, you are one degree of separation. You may not even know that that is true. And so, uh, we also see it as kind of part of our job to you know the word that we use right is destigmatize uh let's let's make it a little less um let's let's stop pretending like it is somehow shameful right um that like this is part of our world and that we are Christians and if we're living in our world then it is part of our lives so we are gonna sing this song now, God of every daughter uh and I'm going to continue to tune because I'm being betrayed. Um. Mm-hmm. There we go. So uh, in the discussion of songs of freedom, one of the first things that I saw when I started leading worship in the women's prison in Raleigh was that Christians are really good at writing songs of freedom for some people. Uh, We really, really like David and Goliath, but we really are very uncomfortable when Yael puts a tent peg through Sisera's head. Um, There are some heroes in the Bible that we are very comfortable with and some that we are not. And uh, it became important to me that we started naming some of those other people who contribute to stories of freedom. And so this is for uh, the women at NCCIW. All of these, we we had the words up on the screen because most of these were written for you know corporate settings where we all sing together. So if you catch on and you feel like joining in, we would love it if you would sing. So this is God of Every Daughter.
2: God of Hagar, God who sees at me. I've been silent. I am weak. God who sees me. God who sees. God of Esther. God of Ruth. Tell me, Lord, why I am used. I've been taken. I've been bruised. And I did what I
3: I believe by now you guys, based on what Susie's already shared, know that I'm a formerly incarcerated woman. But if you saw me walking down the street dressed the way I am right now, you probably never would have guessed. See, life is about choices, and the choices we make can either take us to really bad places or really great places. Most of you will never be affected by somebody that's incarcerated or know somebody that's incarcerated. And we talk about freedom. I spent many, many, many years bound by different things that happened in my life from abuse from parents, abuse from men, abuse to my own self and drugs. And that's what led me to my five years of incarceration. Freedom is not necessarily being outside of four walls. Freedom is feeling freedom here. When I got to prison, I left behind three children. And I knew that it was important to me and to them to find freedom here. Because if I walked out of those walls and those doors without that, I probably would not make it in life. I chose to make a difference, and I turned my life back over to God, and I said, God, I can't do this no more. And he gave me a freedom that I cannot describe to any person in here. It's a freedom here in my heart that I know that he's my God and that he takes care of me. And he took care of my children, two of which are with me today. I was released in May of last year. I turned my life over to God and every opportunity that I have that I can tell everybody about what he's done for me and my family, I take that opportunity. We get stuck in our everyday lives and and the things that we have to do, we forget about the people in the world that really need us. You know, I'm a formerly incarcerated woman, but don't think for one minute when I'm able to, I'm going to walk right back in there and I'm going to give them ladies everything God gave me. Because if I can change or help one person redirect their lives, then my life is worth it, especially my two boys sitting up there. I want to be an example. I want to be an example of how freedom in your heart makes all the difference in the world. Them four walls were nothing. Honestly, they were nothing. Since my release, I have a house. I have my own vehicle. I'm a manager at a local restaurant here in Raleigh. And I have custody of my children. So you can't tell me God is not good. But more importantly than any of all that, I have freedom here. I have love in my heart. I've made changes to my life. And so I invite you, this congregation, to join in efforts to help other ladies like me. Whether it be just a simple prayer every night to watch over these women who have just lost their way and know that they're women just like you. Me, Susan. They're everyday people. Pray for our freedom in our hearts. Pray for the freedom in our lives. So this next song was actually one that I wrote. (coughs) And it, it tells the story of just that. You know, it's easy to judge somebody when they're sitting behind a concrete fence or a barbed wire fence and it's easy to put them in a little box and say that they're always going to be bad. But my, your opinion of me honestly doesn't matter. Because God's opinion of me is what makes me who I am and the person that I stand in front of you today. And so my song was about how my incarceration Actually, was the biggest blessing of my life because prison set me free. <laughs> Life's not supposed.
1: So one of the absolute greatest joys of my life has become uh, walking into uh, the North Carolina Correctional Institute for Women, Uh, which is, you know, that's like a privileged thing to say, right? Like I get to go in for three hours and then I go home. Um, But it is uh, one of the most profound worshiping communities I have ever been a part of. Uh, Some of the most incredible Bible reading. I have ever heard interpretations of the Bible. Um, It is uh, a place where, you know, like, like Lillian said, you know, you start to really reckon with the difference between inner freedom and external freedom when that external freedom actually gets taken away. But I think that, you know, for unincarcerated congregations, people who can walk out that door anytime, I think that it becomes a lot harder for people not living in prison to really recognize when that external prison has actually gotten, those walls have gotten pretty high. Because w- we kind of forget how to see. We forget how to see that sort of imprisonment for ourselves. And so uh, going and you know being in a space where those that physical freedom gets taken away even for a little while, or being in community with people For whom that physical freedom is taken away, um, I think that it has brought me to a place in my own life where I start to recognize those chains, those things that hold me, even though the things that hold me are not the state necessarily, uh, I can start to recognize those things in my own life. Uh, the next song that we are going to sing was actually written by the chaplain of the prison uh, who was supervising our class a few summers ago. And the reason why I wanted to bring this song here is that there the kind of question gets raised when you start to dip your toe into something like prison ministry or something like serving people who are incarcerated. And the question goes, you know, something like, well, like, aren't you afraid, right? Um, or, or, you know, like those, you know, if they're there, they probably deserve it. And uh, so, you know, like, don't you think you could probably like spend your time, you know, working with somebody who, who needs it more? Um, and the chaplain, these questions just drive the ch- drive the chaplain crazy. And uh, so she started thinking about uh, Job's friends. And how Job's friends, when Job is in the middle of all of this suffering, all Job's friends can do is say, like, why don't you, why don't you just, like, why don't you just get out of this bad situation? Like, what, what's wrong with you, you know? And what what they can't see is that Job is in the middle of a deep, a deep struggle with God. That Job, even though Job is suffering, and there's a lot about that book that's messed up, but even though Job is suffering, right? What a close and intimate relationship to be in with God in that moment, in that place. And so the chaplain sort of is supposing here um, that Job has her job for a little while and uh, what the people in the community might be saying to him. For for us, if you are not involved in any sort of prison ministry, if anything that we're talking about today uh, is Tugging on you in any direction. Um, Interfaith Prison Ministry for Women is based in Raleigh. It is the organization that runs uh, chaplain services in the women's prison, but you gotta realize chaplain services, it's not just church on Sunday. Like, this is the office where, you know, women get their GED. This is the office where um, that coordinates birthday parties Mm -hmm. and Christmas and New Year's Eve and those like little tastes of humanity, right, that the state just continues to strip away from people that we hold in our jails. And so Interfaith Prison Ministry for Women is an incredible organization to get involved with because there's kind of something for everybody. Whatever your gift is, whatever you have to offer, that's there is a need. You know, there are women who need to be taken out. They need to be sponsored so that they can go out into the community as part of their uh, preparation for parole. It's a condition of being paroled that, like, you have to spend hours in the community. If there's no one to take you out, then you will never get those hours. Um, it's a way to build really strong rela- relationships. Um, many people will go and pick women up and take them to church. That's a, that's a great way to start a relationship. Um, and then there's also all sorts of volunteer co- opportunities, and then there is reentry, which is what about the people coming back to our own communities, our own neighborhoods, our own families? Are we kind of taking responsibility for those people and saying we're n- we're not going to let you go, we're not going to let you go back? And then the other thing that I you know I've been thinking about a lot lately is so there's the there's the religious call right? God's, Jesus said you know visit the prisoner and be with me, and I. I think that that is true. Um, but there's also the part of it that is, you know, we can just reform our policy. You know, there's the part that is that is in the church, and then there's the part that is, you know, part of this, like, government and this country that we live in um, that, like, are on a small local government level. We can start changing our sentencing laws. Like we can start making uh, this system less draconian, and we can start... Uh, lifting up rehabilitation um, as like a more important part of our society. And with that, we will sing you When Job Was a Prison Chaplain.
2: Job lost his patience the first year he worked in that prison. that the state took coffee off dining hall trays Cause Job thought that women shaking sober with memory of bruise after bruise Had the right to wrap round a cup when 5 a.m. came Job's friend said, honey, when you gonna get out? women with child-shaped wounds wandering into his office wondering whether or not God had them in mind but Job's friend said honey when you gone again Sure. Stay right here, God by my side, doing this time. So Job stayed as Christmas turned Easter, turned Pentecost, and listened to stories of death row. one monday thursday as Kate told of how she'd been stripped like him job realized the bars and barbed wire looked just like god's cross but job's friend said honey when you're gone again Goddess and heartache for some but show not you. And Job's Stay right here, God, by my side, doing this time.
3: I want to take this opportunity to thank you for letting someone like me come in and share my experience and testimony with you. And at the beginning of the service, Sue said one really important thing that struck me about the three crosses. You know, in the world's eyes, Jesus died a criminal. In a Christian's eyes, he died for me. He died for you. He died for our children. I appreciate the fact that there are people out there that are willing to open their heart and go beyond Their mind to people like me. Reentry is huge. I made a huge decision to relocate myself from my family and everything that I knew to start over because I knew that God has something for me, that He has something in me to share with other people. And I appreciate the fact that you opened up your church this morning to let me and Susan do just that. And like she said, The tug at your heart may be a donation. The tug of your heart may be, well, you know, I have a little extra time on Tuesday. Take one of these ladies out. If one of your children made a grave mistake, would you turn your back on them or would you help them do better? I'm a parent. I knew exactly what I would do. I would help my child do better. And that's what I'm doing standing on this stage today. I'm showing my my children that it's okay to make a mistake, but you need to recognize that mistake and change it and let God take control of your life. But in changing me, I have to be willing to help others change too. And that is what we've been asking of you. Whether it be and taking a young lady out, or going in for worship service. Opening your heart to something different and something new is not a bad thing. It's just something different. Just like when I walked out of that prison wall, I knew my life had to be different. And God's blessings, because of people just like you sitting here, have just been in awe. When I moved into my house, I have to tell you that I didn't buy one piece of furniture that's in that house. God just supplied it. Within two days, I had a house and a home for my children to come to because of people like you, because of people like my good friend, Sue. Thank you for the coffee maker, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this young lady that I met and the prison chaplain, they touched my life forever. They gave me a platform to share my testimony and my life with people like you. And they taught me that it was okay that I made the mistake that I did. But they also taught me that it was okay to share it and not be ashamed. See, the Bible that I read, Jesus didn't go out to the rich people. He didn't go out to the already Christians. Who did he go out to? The people that didn't know him, the prisoners, the beggars, the people that were sick, people that needed him, people like me. Again, I want to thank you guys very much for letting us come and share with you today.
1: Uh, We're going to play you one more. We had a bluegrass songwriter, actually, in the class. That was what she was coming from when she found herself there, and so... uh, We'll, uh, we'll close it out with the song Griever Turn Believer by Kelly Ledford.
2: A broken child found not breathing A mother overcome with feeling The family stares on unbelieving The devil all along deceiving Griever Hearts on fire for my Redeemer. Griever turned believer. I'm not bound by the deceiver. Griever of finding hope. so much for having us.